This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Tuesday, the 7th of December. In your Sport Today, Perth loses the fifth Ashes Test. A thrilling finish in the F1. The US will boycott the Beijing Games. And a slip up at the snooker. This is your Sport Today. Our cricket fans don't need reminding that the Ashes start tomorrow at the Gabba in Brisbane. Cavs, we can't wait for this one. Uh, the weather forecast ain't great, but the game will go ahead. That can't be said about the fifth test in Perth because, Gabs, it's officially on the move. It is officially official now, Fez. After news came through yesterday afternoon that Perth and Optus Stadium have lost the fifth Ashes test and what it comes down to is the WA borders. Now, Because the players and TV crews would be coming from Sydney, they'd all have to quarantine for 14 days, and that's because New South Wales is considered a high-risk state by the WA government, and that's just not possible with only five days between the fourth and fifth tests. This is going to be a blow for WA cricket fans because they missed out on a test last summer as well, and it's also a blow for the Aussie cricket team because they've never lost an Ashes test match in Perth, and that dates all the way back to 1970. Yeah, 11 wins and three draws at the Wacker. Uh, So where's the fifth test likely to be played now? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Uh, Cricket Australia, they say that discussions about a replacement venue are already underway. Bellarive Oval in Hobart is reportedly the favourite to host the fifth test, and that's because Tasmania has never actually hosted an Ashes test. And also, Fez, in the 32 years since its first test, Hobart has only held 13 test matches. Now, the MCG is the other strong candidate. It's, of course, already hosting the traditional Boxing Day test, but given the size of the ground and the possibility of playing a day-night test in Melbourne, the MCG could bring in around 20 million bucks. CA has been hit hard by COVID-19-related costs, so the financial side is going to come into it. Yeah, CA has spent tens of millions of dollars on biosecurity these past couple of years. Uh, Gabs, we're just one sleep away. I'm not going to get much shut-out tonight. Uh, Today's (laughs) trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile. Which country has won the most Ashes series? Give us a clue. Uh, well, I could just say it's out of Australia and England, but I think the listeners already <laughs> knew that. What I will say is that the leading team is one series win ahead. Just the one series. That's right. Uh, we'll give you the answer at the end of the show. Yesterday, we had every intention of bringing you the result of the Saudi Arabian F1 Grand Prix, but because of all the controversy, it went way past our published time. Uh, In the end, Lewis Hamilton won, and now it's winner takes all next weekend. Oh boy, this race had safety cars, red flags, time suspensions, confusion. I was confused, (laughs) but after the 50 laps, Hamilton did eventually beat rival Max Verstappen, and with one race left, the two drivers are now equal on points. There hasn't been an F1 series this close since 1974, and it's quite simple now, Fez. Whoever finishes higher in Abu Dhabi next weekend will win the championship. But there is a catch. Remember, only the top 10 places get points, so if they both don't finish the race and score any points, then Verstappen will be the season's champion because he's won more races, 9-8. to Hamilton, he's going for a record-breaking eighth title, while Verstappen is driving for his first. 
It's all coming down to the wire, the chequered flag, I guess. <laughs> uh, the race starts around midnight Australian Eastern Daylight Time this Sunday. It'll be on Foxtel and KO, and we'll bring you the result on Monday morning. We're less than two months away from the start of the Beijing Winter Olympics and there's going to be a boycott. Not any athletes, though. No, the United States won't be sending any of its officials. Yeah, so this is what's called a diplomatic boycott and it's kind of a way of showing that you mean business but without actually costing the athletes a chance to compete. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki announced the boycott this morning saying China's ongoing genocide and crimes against humanity in Xinjiang and other other human rights abuses is why the US won't be sending any officials to China. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison was asked if Australia would do the same thing just last Friday and he said that he is considering it. Sport in China has been in the headlines ever since tennis player Peng Shui went missing on November 2 and Fez, she has since appeared but her safety is still being questioned and it's why the WTA has pulled all tournaments from China on next year's schedule. Yeah, this diplomatic boycott was flagged by the US and before the announcement today, China said they'd take firm countermeasures if the boycott went ahead. We don't know what that entails, but there will be plenty more on this story as we get closer to the games, which kick off in February. Let's head home and go to netball because next year's state titles in New South Wales are going to include men's divisions for the very first time. Yeah, and Fez, you might remember a story from back in September when an all-boys team won an under-18s championship in Queensland. Well, that didn't go down too well, but things look to be changing after netball New South Wales decided to let men and boys play in the state's biggest carnival. This idea has been floated in the past, but it's never really got going, and that's because of COVID, which has forced the past two carnivals to be cancelled. Netball New South Wales says that it's a myth that only women should be able to play the sport, and it hopes the decision will increase pathways and encourage more boys to start playing netball. Gabs, I used to love playing netball at uni. You'd think being six foot six would give you an advantage, but I guess there's an exception to every rule. <laughs> the decision to allow boys to play at the junior and senior state titles could help netball become a sport at the 2032 Olympics because the IOC, they want to see the sport played by both sexes in a number of countries before including it in the games. Last week, we mentioned the snooker player who fell asleep during a match. Uh, Well, now a couple of fans have made the headlines after interrupting play at the UK Championship. Fez, if there's one thing I know about snooker, it's that you do really need total silence when you're playing. <laughs> but in the UK Championship final, the match between Zhao Jintong and Luca Brussel was stopped not once, but twice because of noises from the crowd. The first was a mobile phone going off in the audience, and that really is a big no-no, especially when you're lining up for a shot. While the second was caused by someone who may have had a big bowl of beans for lunch. <laughs> Both players, however, they took it really well and started cracking up just as the air cleared. Yeah, the stoppages didn't seem to affect Xiao too much, Gabs. He won the match 10-5. And what was his first final at a major? I'll put a link in the episode notes to the footage. It's worth having a look. All right, time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye. What's coming up? And Gabs, what do you got? 
Uh, I've got a confession to make here, Fez, and please don't tell my mum. I was doing a bit of channel surfing yesterday afternoon, as you do on a Monday, and uh, I stumbled across some greyhound racing. Yes, greyhound racing. Everything seemed to be going pretty normally in Bathurst until the dogs in one of the races rounded the final turn, and out of nowhere... Just a random dog hit the lead and finished first. <laughs> now, this dog didn't get any prize money. It did not have an official bib on, but, hey, maybe it's shown some potential for the future. Yeah, it had quite the turn of foot there coming <laughs> down the straight cabs. Uh, look, I'll put a link in the episode notes to that vision as well. Um, as for today's trivia brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile, which country has won the most Ashes series? Doesn't get much closer than this, Gabs. Who's on top? England is not the answer. It is Australia. They are up by one. <laughs> yes, Australia winning 33 series, England 32, and six of them drawn. The last one in 2019 was drawn to all. Uh, Gabs, I'm off tomorrow, but you and Lucy are going to be previewing the Ashes series. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be leaving the couch all tomorrow and maybe not for the next few months either, <laughs> Fez. But yeah, Lucy and I will be looking at all the big talking points ahead of the first day tomorrow. We'll preview the series, look at some of the big players and yeah, just get everyone in the mood for what should be a cracking series. Yep, I'll be tuning in for sure, Gabs. Uh, All right, that's it for us today. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again tomorrow.